Good morning and Shabbat Shalom. Uh, and also Chodesh Tov, it is a new month. And while we cannot say it is exactly a new beginning, it is a new month. And as you may know, if you've been watching the service and participating, this month uh, begins this morning with the reading of Tazria Mitzorah, which is paradoxically, of course, uh, about contagious disease, reminding us of the eternal relevance of the Torah and the human condition. And one of the reasons that Mitzorah in particular is so useful to rabbis and preachers is that it sounds like and is associated with Motsi Shemra, one who says something bad about another. And this is supposed to be, according to the Torah, one of the punishments for that in ancient times. I'm not so much going to speak about that. Instead, I would like to talk about two kinds of bad speech of Lashon Hara. One, the things we say, and the other, paradoxically, the things we do not say that have particular relevance to the situation in which we find ourselves now, and I hope will help you think a little bit differently, not only about what's going on, but also about what you do. Let me start with the things we say. Normally, when we talk about Lashon Hara, when we speak about evil speech, we mean things like, that dress looks terrible on her, or he thinks he knows everything. In other words, the kinds of daily drive-by insults that we shoot at one another almost without thinking. So much so that Lashon Hara, if you really monitor yourself, is an almost constant accompaniment of the way most of us talk. Sometimes, as is pointed out by the great anatomist of Lashon Hara, the person who did the most careful intellectual and legal work in the Jewish tradition, the Chafetz Chaim, sometimes even saying something good about someone can be Lashon Hara because we all know that at times when you say, oh, he's such a nice guy, it is an invitation to other people to go, eh, he's not so nice. He's not as nice as you think he is. Um, and so you have to be extremely careful if you don't want to cast shade on others. And of course, in our world, that is an entire industry. Uh, the gossip industry is ubiquitous and social media has just exaggerated. But I want to speak about a particular kind of Lashon Hara that we don't usually think of as falling into that category. Which is that in the time of a pandemic, the things you say to others about our condition can be Lashon Hara. First of all, if you are fear-mongering, if you're getting people terrified, in ways that is not necessary or protective of their health, but just because it is fun to share fear. It's a kind of Lashon Hara. If you spread information without checking it, thereby spreading misinformation, which could do damage to people, it's a kind of Lashon Hara. And also, 
and this is important, even if you have information that is true, but is frightening, maybe stories of people who either have survived COVID or nurses or doctors who treat people who haven't survived, and the graphic difficulty of the story is painful, even though it's true, and you send it to somebody for whom you know it will be terrifying, not helpful, but terrifying, under the guise of, well, it's true and we should know the truth, that too is a kind of Lashon Hara. Titillation, that is excitement for its own sake, especially when it involves fear and life and death, is not a worthy endeavor. If you're sending something because it contains information that is true and can be helpful to someone to protect themselves, okay. Or if you're sending stories to someone who you know can read it and absorb it and it won't keep them up at night and it won't rack their days with anxiety, okay. But we tend to forward too quickly and too casually things that we don't know are true or things that we don't know will be uselessly disturbing, and that is not okay. Speech is not only what comes out of our mouth these days, it's also what comes from our fingers, what comes from the click of a mouse, what comes from the touch of a tight pad, what comes from forwarding. And that's one new kind of Lashon Hara that I want us to be very careful of in a delicate time. But here is another. And although this is difficult to say, I hope that you will spread it. Some of the most painful, anguished, and tortured moments that I have gone through in my life as a rabbi have been with families at the time of death when the person who died did not make clear unambiguous, <clears throat> careful, and loving arrangements for what should happen after he or she died. Inheritances, homes, businesses, money, even expressions of what it is you wish for those who will come after you, expressions of love, all those sorts of things when absent can cause untold damage to the lives of the people we love. Our silence about what we want after we're gone is a kind of Lashon Hara, even though it involves no speech. And in a time, let us be candid with one another, in a time when there is a pandemic, but even if there were not, it is the responsibility of everyone, especially if you are a parent or a grandparent, but of everyone to let those who are around you, who love you, know both what you want in terms of treatment, what you desire for yourself in terms of the care that might be needed, and also what you want after you're gone, both a will and a living will. Because after all, it's not just the disposition of your property. It is also medical decisions that have to be made if, God forbid, 
you or someone you love get sick. And it is not fair to leave that burden entirely on those who love you. It's too hard. And it leads to so much self-questioning and so much guilt. And that is so unfair. It's not an easy conversation to have. This is not an easy sermon to give. But it is essential. Have those conversations. Draw up those documents for the benefit of those whom you love, who you want to take care of, not only while you're here, but when you're gone. Who you want to take care of, not only when you're well, but when you're sick. So that you make decisions that they can then honor rather than putting the burden of the decision on them trying to figure out how to honor you. All of human life poses difficult questions that we want to avoid, but perhaps none are more difficult than sickness and life and death, but none are more important. Let's understand on this Shabbat, when we learn how to speak, that the words we speak do not only affect us, they touch others. They can help soothe and comfort or disturb those whom we love when we are here and when we are gone. Tell those you love exactly what you want. Spare them the anguish of trying to figure it out or trying to decide. Show them how much you love them all the way into eternity. Shabbat Shalom.